you would please take your Bibles, turn to the book of Judges, chapter 2. Judges, chapter 2. If you have a Schofield Bible, you'll find our passage on page 289. Judges, chapter 2, we'll begin in verse 6. Joshua, Judges, Ruth. Judges 2, verse 6. Amen, yes. Has His love lifted you this morning? Amen. 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 Judges 2, and verse 6. And when Joshua had let the people go, the children of Israel went every man into his inheritance to possess the land. And the people served the Lord all the days of Joshua, and all the days of the elders that outlived Joshua, who had seen all the great works of the Lord that he did for Israel. And Joshua the son of Nun, the servant of the Lord, died, being an hundred and ten years old. And they buried him in the border of his inheritance in Timnath Ares, in the Mount of Ephraim, on the north side of the hill Gash. And also all that generation were gathered unto their fathers, and there arose another generation after them, which knew not the Lord, nor yet the works which he had done for Israel. And the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord, and served Balaam. And they forsook the Lord God of their fathers, which brought them out of the land of Egypt, and followed other gods, of the gods of the people that were round about them, and bowed themselves unto them, and provoked the Lord to anger. Let's pray. Father, thank you, Lord, for your goodness, your grace, and your mercy. Lord, thank you for a warm place to gather on this yes. cold day this morning. And Lord, we just uh, thank you for your word. Lord, I ask now that you'd help us to be attentive to the, the preaching of your word. And on our pastor and help him as he stands to deliver the message that you've put in his heart for this time. And God, help us to receive it and apply it to our hearts and lives. Lord, may your will be done in every heart and life here this morning. And Lord, if there's one here that knows not your love and knows not Jesus Christ as their Savior, Lord, may this be the day and the time that they come to know Christ and a free pardon of sin. And God will give you the glory and honor for it all. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You can be seated. It is our great pleasure to have Charles Campbell with us, Josh and Amber Settlemeyer. Thank you for being here. And Katie, you're going to have to help me. How do you pronounce that last name? Nusilla? Nutella. Nutella. All right. What an unusual name. Thank you for being here. Amen. It's our great privilege. We appreciate all of our guests that's here today. And um, you make sure that they know we're, we're just glad to have them. All of those under 20 years of age, I would like for you to stand for just a moment. All of you under 20 years of age. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. Jason, sit back down. You're not, your 20's been gone long, long time ago. All right, look around. This morning, I would ask that you give me a very listening ear on purpose. Right? You can be seated. And there arose another generation after them which knew not the Lord nor yet the works which he had done for Israel. With the help of God, I want to preach on what happened to that generation. 
The other Sunday I preached on this thought, nothing is real until it's personal. Moses leaving the scene. The Bible says in the book of Joshua that one of the things that, that, that God did, he said, now Joshua, as I was with Moses, so shall I be with you. God became very personal to Joshua. Very personal. And you'll find that Joshua took the reins of leading the children of Israel. Moses was the first generation. Now let me just say this. All those over 20 never got the, the promise, never got to the place of victory. God let them spin around in the wilderness until they all were dead and buried except for two, Joshua and Caleb. And so we find that the second generation comes on the scene. They're led by Joshua. And that's where the story opens up and how that Joshua led the children of Israel into their possession. And everybody went and got their own little piece of land and set up housekeeping. Second generation. But then the third generation comes along and listen, they knew not the Lord nor yet the works which he had done for Israel. I pondered this for weeks now, and I felt God would allow me to preach it. And yet, two or three times this morning, God's nudged me that way. I promised God years ago, I'd always try to be obedient to what he wanted me to preach. But that come, wonder why happened to that generation. Had Joshua failed to mold someone as he had been molded to fill the place for Moses? Was that where the failure took place? Did the failure take place because the Bible said that everyone went to his own place was because all of a sudden a group that had kind of been brought together in closeness now was kind of scattered out and everybody had their own little corner, if you will. Was that the reason for the failure? Was it because they were given too much too quick? Were they... Given something that didn't cost them anything. Is that the reason for the failure? Was it because they were handed something? Now, I'm not expecting to win a popularity contest with this message this morning with the young people and even with parents if you're not where you need, where, where, where you should be with God. Your word, you should be with God. You, you'll say amen, you'll be okay. But not, you, you're probably going to get upset with me. We're giving this next generation too much, too fast. Amen. Too much, too fast. We're giving them too much liberty. We're giving them too much liberty. We're giving them too much liberty with opposite sex. 
You cannot expect 12 and 13 year olds to have the mind to know when to stop something before it goes too far. But it's not up to them to do that. I don't blame them. I blame us as parents. Keep an eye on them. Don't, don't give them too much too fast. I love this. Which I was, I was 17. Me and Darlene was dating. And there come a point in her dating that her mother said, you know, I think you all are too close, so what I would like for you to do is you date, come and sit in the house so I can watch you. Could you believe that? But you know what? She was a wise old woman. Amen? And so, I believe we do too much too fast. Then we give too much liberties. You have fallen and hit your head if you allow teenagers in a bedroom by themselves thinking, oh, they ain't going to do nothing. You've been smoking dope. <laughs> Are you listening? Hormones are running wild. And you said, don't you trust me? No! No! We ain't going to trust you not as long as hormones are running wild. I'm just trying to help you. Don't give them too much, too fast. I, perhaps the failure was they didn't pay for none of this. It was just given to them. And I believe that we have a generation that now that doesn't appreciate much because they don't work for nothing. They don't work for nothing. That, we got young men that don't know how to mow grass, wash a car. Are you listening? You say, my preacher, did you work? Yes, ma'am. Yes, sir. I did. I worked at a service station. Man paid me 30 cents an hour, and I bought my first bicycle. Here's a nice one, too. And I walked until I had the money to pay for it. See, we, we're giving them too much. We have young ladies that don't know how to wash a dish, push a vacuum cleaner, don't know how to do clothes. We don't, they don't know how to do nothing because nobody's teaching them how to do that. Too much, too fast. Was that it? They got the possession. The Bible said, didn't say they paid for any of it. It cost them a thing. How many still with me? Say amen. amen. Good. Perhaps they came to the same place that mom and dad had come with Moses. In Exodus 20, all the people saw the thunderings and the lightnings and the noise of the trumpet and the mount smoking. When the people saw it, they removed and stood afar off. And they said unto Moses, Speak thou with us, and we will hear. But let not God speak with us, lest we die. Perhaps they did what mom and dad. Now Moses, now preacher, you go to God. Now Sunday school teacher, you go to God and give something. Come, come and tell us, and we'll do it. But God help us for us to get anything from God. Don't let us go to God. Don't let us read our Bibles. 
You go to God. Find out what God has to say, wants to say. Come back and tell us, and we'll do it. But let us not talk with God. Everybody look this way. He ain't going to be all right. Look this way. But he'll survive. Let us not talk with God lest we die. Many of you, maybe a lot of you, got up on a cold Sunday morning, got ready for church, got in your car, drove here, come and sit down to find out what I went to God to get. But you ain't walked from one room to the next and opened your Bible to see what God had for you. Is that the reason? So I pondered a lot of things. Perhaps, why? What happened to that generation? It may have been one or all of those things, but this morning, let me give you three that I think maybe become some of the main things. First of all, may I say this? Here was a generation that lost the wonder of God's work. And also, all that generation were gathered together unto the fathers. And there arose another generation after them which knew not the Lord, nor yet the works which He had done. Here's a generation. They don't know about the Red Sea parting as they have fled from Egypt. And they look back and Pharaoh's armies are coming and the dust is boiling up. And all of a sudden they're, they're fearful and they say, my God, Moses, you brought us here to die. And all of a sudden Moses says, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord puts that water across there and the water's parted for miles and just stood up like a wall and they walked over on dry ground. They didn't know that. Somebody had failed to tell that story. They didn't know how that every morning they would go out and, and, and they was, there was no food. They were in the desert and they would pick up a little wafer. And, and, and the best I've been able to read, it was about like a vanilla wafer. About the closest thing I could figure it was. Had a taste of honey. And they would pick it up and every morning they would carry that into the house. And every, every, it would be enough for the whole day. And they, they couldn't get enough for the next day. But just for that day. And when they tried, next morning it would be stinking so bad everybody knew what it was. And they didn't know that. They didn't know how God gave water out of a rock. I don't know if you're thinking about that. But I've seen a documentary where they believe that that water come out of that rock. God say it's bigger than this building. Had a big old, you could walk through the, the crack in the center of it. And they, they believe there's a river of water flowed out of that. And I said, hallelujah, God done bigger than I thought he did. They didn't know that. They didn't know how the clothes 
never allowed. Whoa. The clothes never wore out. I, I don't know if they swapped them around. I don't know if the clothes grew with them. I don't know if they was all a perfect size, about five to eight and six pounds. I don't know. I don't know. But I know this. The Bible says the clothes never wore out. They didn't know that. They didn't know. They, they didn't know how God put a, 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 a fairy pure at night to keep them warm and a cloud by day to shield the sun stood between them and Pharaoh's army. They didn't know that. They didn't know how God took the wheels off of Pharaoh's chariots in the middle of the Red Sea. Again, I was watching a documentary where they believe that Red Sea is. And this is what's the most amazing thing. Right now, they say in the bottom of that thing, they said there is chariot wheels. You know what God's doing? God's still testifying. I took the wheels off. Amen. If Jimmy Drum was here, I'd tell you that all them chairs were forwards. That's the reason the wheels fell off. He's not here. They, they gone over to Johnny's today. Didn't know how God sent quail ahead high. And all they had to do to stick and knock them down to our flesh every night. They didn't know. They didn't know. They never mentioned the story. They never knew the wonder of God. They didn't know how they marched around the walls for, for six days and on the seventh day seven times. And then when God said, listen, all that built up, women couldn't talk for seven days. Can you imagine? Nobody could talk for seven days. And he said, now shout. And the walls fell straight down. Not in and all that, straight down. Again, I love when archaeologists proves God right. Archaeologists have dug it up and they said, we don't understand it, but the walls fell straight down. I said, I don't know how it happened. Didn't know it. Didn't know the story. Hey, by the way, didn't know the story of Achan. And how he took the, shit, the gold and, and the Babylonian garments and lied and and stole him. God took him. Hey, don't miss this. They don't know the story of Achan. How God took Achan, his wife and his children, took them to the edge of the city. And God says, listen, you troubled Israel today and stoned them to death. You know what we're found to do? We're found to tell the next generation, you keep on living like hell and the judgment of God's a coming. It's a coming. It's a coming. It's a coming. We're not bad. You know what we've done? Don't you know something? My little boy, my little girl. Somebody better hurt their feelings and tell them. The wages of sin is death. And God judges sin if they're saved. If they're saved. Oh. And you know why I believe this What happened this generation? A dad, and I, I don't blame the mamas. I blame the daddies. Now, gentlemen, I blame us. 
Now, now get your big boy britches on. Don't start you whining and, 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 and take the lace off your shorts. Give mama back her jewelry and her pantyhose and listen. God's going to hold us accountable because it's daddy's place. It's daddy's place to tell what God has done. It's daddy's place to be that spiritual leader. It's daddy's place to be that one that becomes the role model and say, son, have a seat. Let me tell you what God's done in the family. Let, let me tell you how God took something that looked so bad and so wrong and yet God took it and turned it for good. Let me tell you, let me tell you, honey, what God has done. Let me tell you how God's paid our bills when we didn't have any money. Let me tell you how we were faithful and tithing and we didn't know how we was even going to survive. And God made a way over and over and over and over. Say, preacher, do you, are you, I found myself this week calling my child and say, honey, do, do you recognize Honey, do you recognize what God has done here? Do you recognize what God has done? And I love she said, Yes, Daddy, we've been talking about it. Been talking, been talking about it. We've got to get back to the wonder of it all. I stand amazed. I stand amazed. I stand amazed at God. I stand amazed how He provides. I stand amazed how he, how he just does everything. You say, preacher, why do you keep talking about this building and coming from a little white church? Because I want you to know what a great God we got. Amen. Yeah. I, I want you to know, I want this generation that stood up to know what it costs for this building to be here. It took some people that was willing to give, first of all, but to pray and to believe God and to seek God. Hey, this just didn't show. God just didn't just pop it down here. Here it is going and walking. Oh, no, no. Somebody had to believe God for it. And then somebody had to sign their name to it. Somebody. A wonder of God's work. Every mom, every mom ought to be telling your children, your grandchildren, what a great God we have. Have they ever heard you pray? I'm so thankful for this. And yet it's so sad. June of 1999, I walked into an intensive care room I don't know what happened to her. To this day, I don't know what exactly. But while they was putting in a fistula in her arm, something happened to my mom. I don't know if she had a blood clot. I don't know if she threw it or, or had a stroke. And, but whatever it was, they called me and I said, Listen, she's dying. And said, Her Bowser's already started dying. And, and uh, <laughs> 
the one and the only time in my life that I heard my mom pray. So she said, please pray for me. And we prayed together. That's the last thing we've done on this earth. Now I'm thankful for that gift. I'm thankful for that. But the Ryder family's got a greater gift than that. Miss Ryder prayed from 9, 10, 12 in the morning every day. Oh, but she was, she was young. She was 90? 92. What's your excuse? What's your excuse? How many of you have had a close call where you knew God intervened and moved and helped you and you knew if you had that, if it hadn't been God, you'd been, you'd been a mess. How many of you have ever had a place like that? Next question I've got to ask you, does your children know? Does your children know? See, we're afraid to tell them. We're afraid to tell them our mistakes and the judgments that they made and some of the choices that they're making. We we fail. We fail. And, And here's the thing. The cycle goes over and over and over and we keep doing the same thing over and over and over because nobody is saying, Honey, I sinned against God. That was wrong. There's a price for sin. Which body yours? Now listen, you can get upset with me all you want to. But don't miss this. Again, you've been smoking dope if you think I can undo in five hours a week at church what you do 163 hours at home. You, you just, you're missing it. I, I, we're good, but that ain't that good. Five hours during church. But you got them the rest of the week. It ain't going to happen. The wonder of God's work. Number two, don't miss this. I believe this is probably one of the biggest things that happened to this generation. And it's happening now. It is, it is amazing. They withstood authority. Listen. And they forsook the Lord God of their fathers, which brought them out of the land of Egypt, and followed other gods, the gods of the people that were round about them, and bowed themselves unto them, and provoked the Lord to anger. They withstood authority. Don't miss this. You don't have to do what they tell you to do. First of all, why don't you love your children? What do you think this world's all about? Every person sitting here is under authority. Every person. Me, you, every one of us are under authority. I cannot go through road hills at 100 miles an hour. Can I? See? And here this morning, I'm authority, but when I get on that road going through road hills, 
He's the authority. He's got a gun and a badge and a big stick. I don't want to take it. But still, not without breaking authority. We have almost ruined the next generation. Here's why. They be mean on a junkyard dog at school. Come home. I'm talking about your little prince. Your little princess. Your, 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 your prince that you think is God's next gift to womankind. That one. They can come home. And when I was up a kid, huh? What? Did you get a spanking? You weren't stupid enough to tell them. Because guess what? You got another one. They didn't give a flip when you right or wrong. Do I think all teachers are right? No. But I'll tell you this much. In that classroom, they're the authority. If you've got an ounce of brains about you, you say you shut up and do what you're told and keep your smart mouth to yourself. I'm just telling you. I'm trying to help you. We stood authority. Because don't miss this. Every one of us comes under authority. That's the reason why you got marriages. They're swapping them like changing shirts. They don't understand authority. That's the reason why there's no loyalties. That's the reason why this generation got in a mess. Is that we stood authorities. Every one of us is under authority. I, I don't like our president. I don't like the decisions made, but I'll tell you this much. I pray for the man because he's our president. He's our president. You see, God's answer for this rebellion was, whensoever they went out, the hand of the Lord was against them. For evil. As the Lord has said, and as the Lord has sworn unto them, they were greatly distressed. The hand of the Lord was against them because they withstood authority. Notice what happens when they continued. Yet they would not hearken unto their judges. How many of you, how many of you this generation that stood, those of you under 20, how much do you, do you like it when someone judges you? Do you like that? Well, I know you don't. But let me tell you what God's answer to that was. God moved this generation and put judges over them. That which you hate, God said, I'll put judges over you. And judge after judge after judge after judge. But notice the ultimate place of the rebellion. In those days, there was no king in Israel. But every man did that which was right in his own eyes. And I'm telling you, every man did that which was right in his own eyes. Now, 
If you think what I'm preaching this morning is untrue and you don't agree with this, okay, all i got to ask you is, okay, just be consistent. Give the 13-year-old your car keys. Give them your billfold. Give them your bank account. Why not? I ain't going to do that. Then why in God's name do you not put more control over the relationships? I may as well just glance up and set them to no end. I'm, I'm probably going to, this is probably going to hair lip about half of you. I don't know if the most damning thing we've done is give them a cell phone until they're about 15 or 16. I know Elijah. He'll be okay, son. <laughs> I don't know if we've done the most damning thing in giving them a cell phone before they got enough mind. You say, preacher, why? This past week in a public school, 75 young ladies took pictures of their nude bodies. And now they're all over and somebody put them in Dropbox. And now, now I didn't know this, I was going to do this just to the young people, but this seems like a good place to do it. So let me just kick it in right here. Number one, the boy that put them on a public drop box there could very well look at, at felony charges. But here's what you didn't, what they didn't know. The girls that put their pictures on there could be put on a sex registry as a sex offender. You understand? You say, well, I, I don't mean nothing to me. That's the reason why you probably shouldn't have a phone. Because you don't even register what that means. But if you go get a job, they do a job check on you and you're on a sex register, you're not... Matter of fact, if you're on a sex registry, you can't be in my nursery watching my kids. You can't be in a Sunday school class. You can't be around kids, Period. See, we stood authority and everybody did that which was right his own eyes. Let me, let, me give you, let me give you a good example of what I'm talking about. A family visits Solid Rock Baptist Church. The first person that greets them, by the way, I don't know of anybody that greeted anybody, so don't get all sideways. I don't know who greeted anybody. This is just a story I sat down and wrote up but still could be very well true. The first person greets them in the parking lot. The man walks up and says, Boy, we're, we're, we're so glad to see you this morning. Thank you for being in church. And yet all week long, he's kicked the president, gutted every official, cussed his boss man, gutted the pastor, gutted everything, kicked the party all week long. First person that meets a guest has been kicking authority all week. The second person is his wife. Bless her. Good to have you here today. We're so glad you're here. She's gutted her husband all week. Run him in the ground like a dog. She's kicked everything in the factory at the place. She's, she's kicked everything. She's drunk. She's rebelled. She, she's cussed the teachers, the pastor, everybody in the world. And the first two people that have met a new couple 
have done nothing but withstood authority all week long. And we wonder sometimes why God doesn't do more. See, before they hear a Sunday school lesson, before they hear the choir, before they hear the best preaching they'll ever hear, preach when they can. And before anyone else has an opportunity to affect them, two rebels have influenced the visit. The first thing is wonder of God's work. Oh, would to God I could tell you how God has done in our life. When they said, you know, I love to tell your stories. They're almost hard to believe. Not if you knew my God. They're not. We stood authority. But now here's the big one. And this is, this is where it's really at. There was no willingness to fight for the right. Judges told him, you shall make no league with the inhabitants of this land. You shall throw down their altars. But you've not obeyed my voice. Why have you done this? He asked. Well, Paul also said, I'll not drive them out before you, but they shall be as thorns in your sides, and their gods, little g gods, shall be a snare unto you. No willingness to fight for the right. Where's the young men who aren't ashamed of Jesus? Where are the young ladies that are dressed modestly and determined to keep themselves pure until God gives them the right person? Preacher, I gave that away a long time ago. Okay, where's the ladies who will take a stand today and say no more until God gives me the person He wants me to have? Where's the next father who will lead their sons and daughters to love Jesus more than sports teams, hobbies in the world, Where's the next mothers who have a heart for God and bring that heart into their home? Well, this is just so challenged my heart. Where's the people who weep? Where's the people who weep over this generation that we're throwing away? I'm going to be very honest with you. I don't think preachers, I think they've done give up on them. And either they're afraid to preach the truth, afraid the churches to throw them out on their head. I don't know. But where is the people that will weep over this generation? And we buried all of them. Where's the people that invite and plead others to know their God? Are you ashamed of your God? Are you ashamed of your church? Are you ashamed of your old King James 1611 Bible? Are you ashamed of your brothers and sisters in Christ? I think I've been in meetings where I've had folks that wouldn't sit with us because they didn't want to be 
Couldn't the same bunch. What's the answer? Well, the answer's been here all along in this passage. It was the answer for that generation that we read about. And he'll be the answer for the next generation. And the people served the Lord all the days of Joshua and all the days of the elders that outlived Joshua who had seen all the great works of the Lord that he did for Israel. Here's the answer. The answer for this generation is for just one, somebody, to step up and say, Okay, Elijah, let me tell you. Let me tell you about the greatness of the God I know. Let me tell you. Let me tell you. Let me tell you. One. The answer is those senior saints that have been privileged to see God do some great things in their life step up instead of being saying, well, I'll let somebody else do it and throwing down the towel. Say, no, 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 I'll do it. Hey, come here, let me, let me tell you. I thank God for old Miss Lockie. That when men know he was young and stupid. And we was hanging around some people we didn't need to be hanging around. Because it's fun. It's hard for you, it might be hard for you to believe this, but I had a motorcycle. They had a motorcycle. We rode together, but they was not good. And old Miss Lockie, I mean, didn't, didn't bat an eye. You know, she didn't ask me what I thought about it. She didn't ask me what I believed about it. I still remember her today. Come, she put her hands up on my shoulder. Now, now, stand up. Now, young man, now, young man, I don't see you down there hanging around with them people. Them ain't good people. Don't you be hanging. Don't see you down there again no more. I'm a grown man. I'm, I, got ch- I got children. I knew something. I knew, number one, that old woman knew God. She went to F. Hutton, but everybody still listened. She knew God. Did I get mad? You better believe it. You said, be seated. Yeah. Who she thinks? I muttered, I said, yes, ma'am. But when I walked out of the she thinks You know, that discussion. I'll never forget. Today we rode motorcycles on a trip and we got back to a certain place and it was just me and him and I saw a good for nothing rascal. He said, Oh, by the way, he said, uh, I met this woman and she's got a sister. She's got a sister. And God is my witness. The words of that old woman just come back. 
I said, son, I got a wife and I'm going home. I said, we're done. From that day on, we never went back over again. You know why? Because some senior saint, an elder, loved me enough not be afraid. She didn't give a flip what I thought about nothing. I knew God enough to say, you stay away from down there. We're missing that. Instead, we don't do that because we're afraid we're going to fight mom and daddy. They'll get mad and leave the church or they'll get blowed out on us. Amen. Just say amen. It's okay. It's true. But we're robbing, we're stealing from this generation the great truth. I, 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 know, I know I'm going to be touching a, a sensitive subject, so don't get sideways with me. They're going to tear down Hildebrand School and got signs out and people's protesting and mayor's had to take out and get her a bodyguard. Signs out, save our heritage and save, save our school. And, and whether that's right or wrong, I'll let you debate that. But every time I see one of them signs, my thinking is, but where are the signs that says let's save the next generation? Let's, let's rescue the next generation. Let's, let's rescue the next generation that, that are as comfortable with homosexuality as, as husbands, you and wife, your wife are right now. They're as comfortable with that because it's been integrated in schools and they're that comfortable with it and yet God says it's an abomination and sin. Can I, can I, where, where, is, where is the protest? Why the devil still in this generation right in front of our eyes and we're doing nothing if anything, we're helping Him. And so this morning, may I challenge you? What happened to this generation? Lost the wonder. Lost the wonder. That we stood authority. I don't think we even comprehend what we're doing when we do that. Because one day, ma'am, your daughter's going to have a husband. He's going to want to lead the family. He's going to lead the home like he is supposed to. And yet, with standing authority, they'll rebel and just go from one to another. Hey, ma'am, your son one day will stand before a man like sits right back here. And I love this man. But one day, he's going to pull him over and they'll say, I, you ain't telling me what to do. And yet, find themselves in trouble. We're rioting because a police officer says, stop, 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 stop. And they would stand in authority and say, you ain't telling me what to do. And then when they defend themselves, we burn cities to the ground. We've lost our flipping mind. Amen? But then there's, there's not a willingness to fight for what's right. There's not the young men. Where's the young men? Where's the young ladies? Where, where, where are they? To fight 
for what is right according to the word of God. Let's all stand to our feet. Every head bowed and every eye closed. If you 